Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from France, continuing Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at a Friday night slate here to end this week of this NBA regular season, Nate. With a pretty big slate here, we're going to be talking about uh, the Milwaukee Bucks taking on Minnesota on the road in this one. Six straight home games for the Bucks that they won all of them. So we're going to be looking at uh, some road stats for them, probably hearkening back to last year a bit to find some of those. But plenty to talk about in this one. Also, have a couple, another game video and our player props video up for you today want to make sure to like and subscribe so you can continue to follow along with us each and every weekday of this regular season also head to the lines.com that's where we have our great written content up for you guys all season long and our odds finder tool where you can go ahead and make sure that you are shopping these lines to the best of your ability across u.s sportsbooks this nba season nate let's go ahead and get into this slate for friday night and get into uh the uh the milwaukee and minnesota game right after yeah, we're back to a huge slate after a pretty weak Thursday night uh, slate there from the NBA. And I took the opportunity to put up our first power rankings and MVP updates up on the lines.com. Uh, a little off day there, so check those out. Uh, running through the lines here, though, tons of games. We got Miami minus three and a half at Indy, and we will break that game down for you in a separate video. The Knicks are plus two and a half at Philly. Cavs minus six at the Pistons. Uh, huge discrepancy in terms of where they are in the power ratings. Uh, Brooklyn plus three at Washington. Going to wait and see how they play second game without Nash here. Bulls are plus seven at the Celtics. Interesting one there. The Clippers minus four and a half at the Spurs. Hornets are plus 11 at Memphis. who should have Ja and Bain back there. Golden State on a back-to-back. They lost in Orlando last night. Plus four at the Pellies trying to get off the schneid on the road there. I kind of wanted to take the Raptors here. Plus three and a half. They're, they're getting a little steam after just pummeling their last two opponents. But they're at Dallas. Tough place to play. Exactly. And Luka is on a tear. Portland is plus 11 at Phoenix. Probably not going to get Dame back yet. The Jazz plus two at the Lakers, who don't look now have won two in a row. And the Bucks minus three and a half right now at Mini. The key injury news to watch with Gobert and Anthony Edwards, both questionable due to illness. Um, I mean, I kind of want both those guys to play, honestly, if I'm betting the Bucks, It's just one of those situations where you shake things up and Minnesota will probably be better right now because it's just an, it's a fit issue. It's what everyone was concerned about when you put Gobert next to towns, you make towns play power forward. He got absolutely roasted in his last game by cam Johnson. Who's not exactly a blow by player. And now Giannis is coming to town. And if, I mean, you're going to put cat on Giannis on the perimeter. I mean, maybe he's a decent bet uh, down low. I mean, maybe you'll say, well, Giannis can't get to the rim with Rudy protecting it, right? Well, no, not correct. Uh, 32 and a half points per game on 54% shooting his last nine against Utah with Gobert down there. Uh, They won, Milwaukee won that last game in Utah. They had struggled against Utah, but that's a completely different story situation. This Wolves team right now does not know how to play around Gobert. They, They don't have great defensive personnel, which we talked about. When they played the Suns, they haven't played a good schedule at all. And then sure enough, couldn't beat the Suns despite a really good, I mean, their best defensive perimeter performance of the season. I mean, holding Chris Paul, Devin Booker in check to a degree. But like I mentioned, Cam Johnson and and Mikel Bridges picked up the slack because the Wolves don't have wings, right? I mean, they traded all their wings for Gobert. Um, They're just awful. Uh, They're either awful defensively. When Gobert sits, or they're awful offensively when they can't get their spacing when Gobert's out there. Um, 
Hey, it, look, if, if Ant's out, then D'Lo gets all of Drew Holiday to himself. That's not a good recipe for the offense. No. Even if Ant plays, I mean, he's not shooting well. He's apparently not in great shape um, coming into this season. The Wolves are shooting awful as a team, which was the, their you know secret sauce, if you will, last year. I mean, it was, it was the yeah. reason they they were able to score so much, and and now they face the number one defense in the league. They look they're six and two to the under thus far. I think the under has to be in play here at two twenty seven. Uh, the Bucks have also been going under very consistently. They're lacking offense without Middleton, Ingles, Connaughton. So that's their their path to victory. Uh, and I expect Giannis. To hold it down on both ends of the floor here, it is their first road game in, in a long time, and they don't have to go very far, so rest should not be much of an issue. Yeah, the, a little border war of sorts here, um, but not really a rivalry, just more of um, you know the, the the narrative between these two teams. Last bunch of times they've played is. Giannis owns this team. Um, so, you know, the last four, I think I'm just dating back to last season at this point, um, you know, Giannis versus them. Well, no, it is. It's the last two seasons. Apologies for last four games, 36 points, 14 boards, six assists, right? And we're talking about 67% from the field for Giannis. Um, yeah. Rudy Gobert's there now. Um, but like, uh, yeah, like you said, last nine versus Utah, still 32 and a half points and 12 boards. So um, I'm not worried about that. You, you know, we talk about no Chris Middleton, also no Pat Connaughton and no Joe Ingles. Right. And that's a big deal for this team and, and normally would be. And it's definitely the reason that I continue to like unders with them. Um, but, you know, Drew's stepped up. He's at 20 points a game, which is, you know, it's right around where you want him to be. If, if you're not going to have Chris Middleton in there, he can get away with 17 a game or so when, when Chris is, is in, on the floor. But he stepped up, uh, you know, his offensive enough Bobby Portis averaging a double double and Brooke Lopez you know ho-hum 15 points a game seven boards three blocks and he's shooting 35 percent from the field on like seven attempts so he's getting him a couple threes and knocking down you know keeping people honest as he stretches the offense and Giannis is just doing MVP type stuff that maybe we don't want to give him that uh you know we, we don't want to talk about that for him because of the fact that he had two in a row before Jokic but he's kind of back on the uh on track here for for what we're talking about with probably Tatum and, and Moran and then Luca right who's the only player averaging more points than him with a higher usage rate than him. He's averaging 33 and a half on about 37% usage rate. Like I said, Luca's close to like 40. It's absolutely absurd what he's doing, but that's a separate, uh, you know, a conversation um, where maybe Luca finally is uh, in line for an MVP. But yeah, we'll be honest in this game as well. The fact that he controls everything the way he does on the road, his numbers do get a bit better uh, from last season, especially this season. They've only had the one road game where they beat Philly to open up the season for them and then had six in a row at home, like we said, but if you go back to last season, 21 and nine against the spread when they're in a way favorite um, and Giannis steps up his game, like I said, you can bet on him a little bit more um, and his prop is at 33 and a half points. I'm not touching it because I don't bet props above 33 when it comes to point totals. That's absolutely absurd, um, but it's not out of the question by any means with the, with the usage rate at 28% um, and the way that they're spacing the floor for him specifically to allow him to continue to get in those lanes. I mean, if Minnesota is going to be, you know, yeah, they've upped their defense. They're the 10th best defensive rating in the league they still give up a ton of points because they play at such a fast pace right so the defensive rating might seem okay because compared to you know with the amount of possessions they get per game it's not that bad but they're still giving up a ton of points and most importantly they're the second worst transition defense team so the thought of Giannis barreling down the lane against them uh, against the second best you know worst transition defense in the league kind of spells uh, disaster for that team um, and like you said if, if Rudy's on the floor and Kat's on the floor 103 offensive rating man I, th- that's not good that's not good enough no matter what your defense no matter 
matter how much better they've gotten at defense, you can't win gate play a playoff game, right? You're not going to be a playoff contender when you when you're shooting. So they got to figure that out because it's also crushing D'Lo. I mean, Ants or excuse me, Cat is shooting the worst field goal percentage of his career. D'Lo is also shooting the worst field goal percentage and three point percentage of his career. Um, it's just all a trickle down effect from the inside out, um, and so they're going to have to get that figured out. And I, I don't feel that confident in it right now. Um, and I certainly feel very confident in in it. Like you said, I'd rather have both of them on the floor so we can, they can continue to muck things up uh, in terms of Ant and Gobert. Keep them both in. Like it's not working, and I'd like to bet on Milwaukee. So I'm perfectly fine uh, with no stars out in case that does mix something up in a way to you know jar something for them uh, and get them back on track offensively. If they're not going to have that, and they actually do have these stars, and I still feel confident in what I've seen up to this point being the case tonight. So yeah, be wary of the stars out. Bets up phenomenon yeah. that we've have seen plenty of times in the NBA, especially early in the season. Um, <clears throat> if you count somebody out because they have important players out, they tend to overperform. Milwaukee, their defense has just been so, so good. I mean, Brooke Lopez is an obvious reason for that, uh, uh, that improvement. I mean, he, one of the most underrated rim protectors, really almost, yeah. almost as good as Gobert in, in that sense. And they're allowing the fourth fewest pain points, fewest assists, Number one, uh, two-point shooting. So when you talk about Minnesota's struggles from beyond the arc, I mean, where are they yep. going to get their points here if if they can't get to the rim against Lopez and Giannis, who Giannis, by the way, 96 individual defensive rating. That's why he is slightly ahead of Luka, despite Luka's ridiculous offensive surge right now in the MVP voting. Uh, that is yeah. very interesting race to watch, though, but we digress. I mean, yeah, it's just... Milwaukee no longer just allowing certain guys to shoot threes, but maybe they do a little bit of that in this matchup, right? Because, I mean, other than Cat and Ant, who, if he's healthy, uh, I think you're fine with anybody on Minnesota taking a three, right? I mean, they no longer have Malik Beasley. That is a huge loss for this offense. Uh, Pat Bev not there either to try and space the floor. The guys they bring off the bench are athletic slashers. They're not not knockdown shooters either. Uh, So... I would be really worried about Minnesota getting their points here, uh, basically. And I, I mean, Milwaukee allowing 102 points per game. If you want to take the under on the Minnesota team total, I think that makes a lot of sense. And the, and the under for the game also makes sense. Maybe you want to parlay that with the Bucks win. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it feels a little bit trappy um, with the three points, road, Milwaukee, blah, blah, blah. But the numbers still point to everything we're saying. And, and it also does come back to the three-point shooting and the lack of three-point defense from Minnesota. I mean, they're shooting uh, in the top you know, 14 or so in terms of t- three-point attempts a game and the fifth worst three-point percentage, right? So they're, they do have a large percentage of their points off of two. Not great uh, when you talk about Milwaukee's defense being in, in, in the top five in that, that column there defensively. So yeah, all, all of this, Giannis's numbers, yeah, the defense that Milwaukee has played up to this point uh, and the matchup for Minnesota doesn't doesn't bode well. So even you know, even though the, the three points on the road feels a little trappy, um, I'm still happy to take that and not even need to touch it. I would parlay it, but I wouldn't even need to, to tease this game in any way, fashion to, to feel good about it. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this slate and then talk Bulls and or excuse me, Heat and Pacers. I think it's this Miami Heat, which is that awkward uh, grammar thing you have to use when you talk about the Heat or Magic. I hate as a writer, but anyway, yeah, here we go. Heat minus three and a half at the Pacers. Uh, That is the game we're talking here. Tons of other games to look at. I'll run through them quick. Knicks plus two and a half at Sixers. Cavs minus six at the Pistons. The Nets plus three at Wizards. Bulls plus seven at the Celtics. The Clippers minus four and a half at Spurs. Hornets plus 11 at Grizz. Warriors on a back-to-back are plus four at the Pelicans. 
The Raptors plus three and a half at the Mavs. They're gaining a little steam after crushing their last two opponents. The Blazers plus 11 at the Suns. We'll see if Dame gets back for that one. The other game we break down, Bucks are minus three and a half at Wolves. Gobert and Ant Edwards questionable for that one. And then we cap things off with Utah plus two and a half at the Lakers who are trying to get on track here. Uh, so Jimmy Butler's out with a hip issue. Uh, <clears throat> I think – and Bam is questionable with knee soreness. And normally, I, I you know, we like to say stars out, bets up. I don't think Bam really qualifies in that sense as being in any way an overrated piece of the team or as a, a, a dispensable piece of the team. So full disclaimer, this take becomes cold if Bam is ruled out and I, I would not get your money down on Miami, but – Look, they did beat Indiana twice without Bam and Jimmy last December, and they beat them by an average of 19 points per game. Uh, even the, the game they've lost in their last four meetings against Indiana, Tyler Hero went off for 30 points on 12 for 28, and he's only gotten better since then. Uh, in that loss, it was you know one of the first games of the season. We're a little bit beyond that at this point. Miami sort of hit that second gear when Jimmy said, you know, after some road losses, you know, we're, we're still winning the title. And then they came home and handled business. Um, now they're in Indiana, but not the toughest place for them to play. Like I said, they won three of their last four and covered in those against the Pacers. And in that loss, uh, Lowry was out and Jimmy shot seven for 22 from the floor. So it's not like he's been crushing the Pacers with his offense. Um, Lowry a little healthier at this point in the season. He's sixth in total minutes in the season, interestingly. But this is really more about uh, the Heat defense, and that's why I think we need Bam in there. Uh, But what they've been able to do this season, uh, you know, it's pretty much the norm against really, really good competition. I mean, I guess you'd say their weakest games have been against the Kings twice, and that's a tough offensive team. They played the Warriors twice, the Raptors twice. Blazers, Celtics, yeah. Bulls, and the Pacers have played no one. Like, like literally yeah. awful teams, including the Nets twice, who are the easiest team to score on. And then they actually kind of got shut down down the stretch by those Nets uh, in that immediate rematch. Their offense, when you look at it, I mean, the third and three-pointers and third fast break points and fourth in assist to field goal ratio, but not scoring in the paint. Uh, Miami is just going to limit all those things. I mean, you're, you're not getting easy threes. You're not getting easy kickouts against Miami. The ability, you're not going to beat them in transition, even without Jimmy out there. And sure enough, in this matchup, the Pacers, 97 points per game, shot under 29% from three in those last four against Miami. I mean, this is a team that scores 118 on the year, and if they're getting closer to 98, there is no path to victory. I'm sorry, their defense is not going to be good enough even without Jimmy Butler, to hold down Miami and win this game. So, I mean, that's pretty much the logic here is that Miami's going to be able to hold them in check, that they've they've been they've faced a much tougher schedule and that the line is a little bit skewed by that. Those results combined with the fact that Jimmy Butler's out. Yeah, all that, yeah. I mean, the, the, once again, though, just if Bam plays, but Bam's got to play. It's not just the defense. It's the rebounding. Uh, Miami, not a good rebounding team this season. Also without Omar Yurt's season, uh, Yurt seven, and it's not going to be Yurt's season tonight. Um, you know, and, would Heisman, you know, though. 
Yeah, maybe. And even, you know, don't don't be fooled by Nikola Jovic, uh, not Jokic. Obviously, hopefully you didn't fall for that in fantasy. But uh, Jovic is not also playing tonight. I mean, look, he's a big, a big small forward, um, big power forward, small forward and, and occasional small ball center. So like really, yeah, you, 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 they're going to be hurting for rebounding. It's why we've talked about is what we've talked about with Indiana when we've talked about them this season. And the reason that we've picked them a couple times to cover humongous spreads against a team like, uh, say, the Brooklyn Nets is they're the second best rebounding team in the league right now, which is wild uh, to continue to see is Indiana. Miami's all the way down in, in the bottom 10 right now. And look for Miami before anybody hits the panic button. I mean, I, I did take under roughly like 51 and a half wins for them to start the season only because they didn't do enough to me to improve their roster compared to other teams. It's just that simple, just compared to the top of the East. And we're seeing that play out with Donovan Mitchell and the way the Cavs look right now as a, an example of adding something to your roster to, to that, you know, was lacking last season. And they've shored that up. And now they're, they've got one loss and are atop the East right behind Milwaukee, Miami. Meanwhile, is still getting it back together and yes they've won two in a row and and but like pause on any sort of you know, hypothesis or, or prediction right now for Miami and the rest of their season is, and, and is I'm not going to continue on with it because I need to see a little bit more compared like the teams that they played. They basically just played playoff round after playoff round this season um, where they've only had like a few games that you could say. I mean, like you said, sack on the road for them. Not a fun game on, on, on the back-to-back of a road trip against Golden State the night before where they lost after getting Steph Curried in the third and fourth quarter, uh, playing Gold, uh, Portland a, a couple nights before that. So, like, that, all that stuff, playing Toronto twice in a row, Boston and Chicago to open the season, like that, like I said, those are all playoff teams. Uh, maybe Chicago sack uh, failed to make it, but, like, they're all going to be teams that are close, you know, 35 to 50 win teams. So, like, it, I need to see what they do in situations like tonight essentially um i wish that we were getting some jimmy stuff but because to me like this team goes on offense as jimmy goes right and and we we talk about him being sort of a facilitator at this point a little bit more of of a guy with his his hands on the ball to start which is what i think they're gonna be missing tonight because that's not really what kyle lowry's game is going to be anymore we'll see how they incorporate hero i do think if they're going to put him in the starting lineup and keep him there uh as they have been and then tonight he's going to continue to get those numbers you got to feel pretty good about it i'm still not seeing too many props but to be honest dude like with this game i'm really just looking at props anyway you know i I really just want to see uh what who's playing for Miami and then just go for it. If, if Bam is playing, got to get get in there with him and probably some rebounds as well and, and some props. Um, and, and if you know if he's not, and even if he is, I still kind of want to see what Tyler Heroes are because, like you said, if he's going to be if, if it's going to be anywhere in the low twenties for Hero, I got I, I can't see him getting less than like roughly twenty five points in this game when we're talking about an Indiana team that's still uh, I think the third worst defensive rating in the league uh, on top of giving up you know an incredibly high percentage uh, for, from three to their opponents. So like all these things is exactly what Miami wants to do on offense they just need at least bam there to anchor that defense and rebounding before i feel really comfortable about them and also i already feel really comfortable about tyler hero props basically yeah i can't i mean you said jimmy's got to initiate the offense you forgot about the sixth man of the year who's now starting and is just a walking bucket and yeah the the bucket though is he he gonna be able to control their offense like a point guard is all i'm wondering well lowry's out there too right and if those two guys are who you're leaning on you got to like the fact that Indiana's dead last in opponent three-point percentage, right? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> spreading it out. We should mention the rest the rest discrepancy here. Uh, like we said, Miami was on the road. Now they're 
Now they were home, but this is the third game in four nights for them. And Indiana has been off that entire time since Monday. But as a young team, sometimes that works against you. And last year with extra rest, they went four and 10 against the spread. So that's not really where I go in terms of worrying about Miami. Uh, They're also four and 15 straight up when they're home underdogs. And they're not necessarily trying to win this year, right? I mean, we've seen some shady things in terms of pulling Halliburton early in the game in terms of miles Turner, not being listed on the injury report, but just sometimes not playing. playing. We have no idea if he's going to play tonight or how much he's going to play. They have other bigs out there, but like he's absolutely essential. If you're going to match up with bam Uh, in Miami, it's, you got to lean on Eric Spolstra voted by the GM survey as the best coach in the league and his scheme's going to be good. I mean, he's still, they have next man up coming in. Max Struess, don't sleep on him. Uh, and and they just handled business on on the road twenty nine and nineteen against the spread last season. I would I would like to just bank on them getting right here after such a tough schedule to open the season. And Indiana just not necessarily being a team that's going to fight you down the stretch and doesn't have a good crunch time offense. Like I come back to how that game that last game ended against the Nets. It never really yeah. seemed like they had a chance to win, right? And and you you get into a close game with Miami in crunch time, it's going to be really hard for this team to score. Yep. No, that, and, and that's really true. Um, I think, you know, you look at the rosters without Bam and Jimmy, you're, st- it's a lot closer. It's a lot closer to a pick them than, than four points. Once you take Bam out of that lineup as well, right? You, you keep Bam in there and these rosters right next to each other. Yes. I, you know, I think that, uh, it's still, you know, you, you still favor Miami, but you take Bam out and you know, you, you, butt them up next to each other. It's just, it's just much too close at that point. I just think it really does level the playing field of picking the props because now we know, uh, who's getting the ball and, and who, who should be receiving the most attention on each of these squads. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into our first prop of tonight. Yeah, three and one last night or two and two, depending what you took for Shea Gilgis Alexander. But we did hit the lead prop. Uh, We hit this guy on Wednesday, as you mentioned with Mo, Bradley Beal, who was at 20 and a half points, um, just still pretty low. And he got 29 against the Sixers. Now he's at 21 and a half, and I didn't see a price I liked, though, on DraftKings. But you can go up to 22 and a half at FanDuel and get a good price, or you can find a good price at MGM for 21 and a half. In any case, I mean, I think we're looking at about 25 here. I mean, against the Brooklyn Nets, right? The the 30th defensive rating allow the fifth most points per game to shoot a guards, 26 points. They allow the fourth most free throw attempts, the second most threes. Plus 105 for Bradley to just hit two threes. Yeah, I mean, he just hasn't been taking them lately. Uh, but he, we've seen his usage rate ramp up with Monty Morris in that lineup. Um, and 28% usage his last two games combined for 49 points, despite shooting pretty poorly. 
in the game before that Sixers game. And you look at his last four against the Nets, he shot poorly. Uh, 44% from the floor, 32% from three, but still 24 points per game. Still a 29% usage rate. It's really, like we said on Wednesday, it's just a strange thing where I don't understand why this guy isn't attacking anymore. Uh, but he does ramp up and play the Nets. I mean, you look at before those last four games, like the 20, 2019 season, I mean, he's getting like 35 a game against the Nets. And that was back when they were actually like a feisty team and not just an absolute dumpster fire, which is what we've seen. I mean, so everybody should be ramped up to face this team, should be licking their chops at getting their numbers. Uh, and so I think Beal shouldn't have much problem getting 22 to 25, uh, if not going off and getting into a real duel with with Durant. Yeah. Yeah, to be clear, this is this is the one I think I'm I'm definitely gonna bet on. Uh I feel much more comfortable about this one. Like, not that I don't like our other three, I'm gonna be honest with you. I just I feel way better about this one than any. I think it's a, a really nice lock for tonight, uh, for Beal to get close, you know, close, like you said, 25 plus tonight in a game where I mean their offense is kind of limited, right? There's not that much firepower on this team outside of Bradley right now. I know um, you know, Kuz is doing his thing still, but it, it's you know, he's off ball. Uh and, and obviously KP his offense is still super reliant on the guards that he has playing with him. So um, Bradley going to have the ball in his hands, going to have the usage rate, and, and it's he's back to Bradley Beal status in a way that he's shooting the ball better than he has. Uh, and so I think he's still content to take that and, and make sure he doesn't get hurt, um, you know, as he has the last couple of seasons. So um, I'm going to move on to another really good shooting guard and a guy who took another step forward this year, uh, Desmond Bain. Um, but he's doing it all over the floor, right? We already knew what he was as a shooter, um, but we're seeing what he can do a little bit more as a playmaker, the assists have, have gone up for him this season as has the usage he's clearly sort of the 1a to jaws 1a at this point um I, I mean this is a scotty michael kind of situation where you can say one guy's clearly better than the other but you can also say neither neither of them are as good without each other um and this team certainly needs both of them so you know this year bain's averaging 25 a game with an 125 individual offensive rating um just playing you know super well each and every game even when jaws on the floor um you know i, I hope i mentioned the 29 and a half points rebounds and a assists I should say I think we're going over on that for him tonight close to we're getting 30 points rebounds and assists combined um it, he's playing the Hornets right and it's a Hornets team who actually if you look at their defensive rating it's 13th they played a bit better um but they're still playing at the seventh fastest pace in the league uh and, and still allowing uh their opponents to do uh, a ton on in transition as well I mean still getting giving up more than 114 points a game so um I think with you know with Bain's usage rate at 27 percent and Jaws obviously a bit higher at about 36 um only below um <laughs> Uh, Mr. Uh, Antetokounmpo and Doncic uh, right now for, for highest usage rates in the league. But um, Bain's still just getting the ball the second, you know, right after uh, this uh, Jai is at 27%. Um, so with, with the Hornets unable to really do much uh, outside, in transition and the fact that the Grizzlies are going to continue to play at that pace, scoring in the top 10 in, in fast break, break points per game, um, I, I think there's plenty of reason to like Jai or Bain rather as, as his props are still uh, too low essentially so far. Yeah, definitely too low when he's averaging 34 PRA on the season. And yeah, you said to me, well, oh, oh but Jaw's back after Bain dropped 32 without Jaw. It doesn't matter. These guys, I mean, the Grizzlies are scoring 117 and these guys are combining for 54, 55 of those points per game. Uh, I mean, they are just absolutely your turn, my turn, turned into a, a star duo. Bain just continues to add to his game and even with Ja on the floor, that yeah, that's actually he averages 34 with Ja in six games. The one game without Ja, he got 40 PRA. He had 32 points. So 
Uh, I mean, against Hornet, the Hornets, who really their their defensive rating is probably skewed by playing some bad teams and getting fortunate on a lot of shots that they, they continue to give up plenty of open shots. I like the over here. I mean, Memphis is 29th in defensive rating right now. Yeah. Uh, only 227 yeah. is the total. So I think you can take the over and you can take some props on both sides here. Taking the under, though, out at a, in L.A., um, Jordan Clarkson, 28 and a half PRA. Are like, are you kidding me with this? I mean, he, he got over it against Dallas and Memphis, who, like I just mentioned, can't protect the rim right now. Uh, in two of his last three, he got over that. Uh, otherwise, like that, that is just not happening here on a Utah team that's spreading it out and having like seven guys in double figures usually most of the time. And the Lakers, look, you say what you want about their offense. Their defense hasn't gone anywhere. Their third in defensive rating, uh, they allow the eighth lowest percentage inside the arc and sixth lowest outside the arc. Um, and in his last three against the Lakers, 12 and a half points, 1.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists. So like, 28 and a half PRA. Like, are, are we counting on Jordan Clarkson to drop 25 on this team? Uh, like, absolutely not. Like, the, the, I mean, just 23 and a half points and rebounds. I would go under that as well. I don't think the assists will be there. I, this is just another incorrect line set by uh, some of the books, in my opinion. Uh, the Lakers should be, should be able to hound him. You know, they've, I, I think it's just, They've kind of flipped the culture a little bit. I mean, the energy is shifting, barely starting to. And uh, Westbrook is accepting his role off the bench. And if he's going to be hounding Clarkson, uh, you know, if he's actually engaged in playing defense, it's, it's going to be much harder for him to find production against this team. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's fair. I think, you know, some of the thought process is, is who's, who's matching up against specifically Jordan Clarkson. If he's playing on the second unit, um, obviously that, that first unit's definitely uh, kept its defense up. Um, and I, and an AD being on the floor is always going to help at least your defense from that standpoint, uh, despite how poorly he may or may not be shooting at times. So yeah, there's, there's a bit of an uptick in, in LA and it, but the defense hasn't really gone anywhere. Like you said, so let's finish things up here, Nate, with uh, an over on uh, Mr. Nikola Vucevic. I think, I was actually looking uh, at some of those props in in this game tonight with him against the Celtics going, maybe there's some unders actually that I'd like to take here. If some, some value might be over uh, inflated on some of these guys with actually like a decently sized total for, for these two teams tonight. Um, you know, where the Celtics have been a little bit worse on defense, to be honest. So, I mean, two twenty three and a half. it's not huge. Um, but I, I do think it's a little bit, you know, low because of the fact that the Celtics have not been playing that good of defense. And Vooch is somebody that, you know, at this point you look at what he's done against the Celtics in, in his last five versus them, dude. And it's the rebounds that really stand out to you. Um, 17 and a half points points per game very good for him right now but 12 boards uh as well in that time frame which is actually what his his rebounds prop alone is at 11 and a half tonight um but you know the boston not surprisingly there's no robert williams a third in there papa al is really their main and only uh defensive presence down low and so you're talking about you know a team that's giving up in boston the fourth most rebounds per game to centers um they're very very bad right now in defensive rebounding rate second worst um and also giving up you know middle of the pack but slightly worse than middle of the pack in terms of giving up uh offense of rebounds per game as well so for Vooch you know his last three alone regardless of who he's playing this season he's averaging 17 boards in 33 minutes a game uh, add 15 points to that so you know his his rebounds and points tonight's 27 and a half that's plus money on DK though I kind of like that right there the rebounds and assists as well 14 and a half he's got a few more uh, assists this season in, in certain games as he's also like uh, clearly square you know when he's squaring up to the bat or excuse me when he's back to the basket uh, one of the better passers from from that position 
position in the league as well. And he's definitely taken advantage of that this season uh, with a few more slashers, guys like Dasunmu as well, also slashing to the basket. And obviously Derek Jones Jr. getting a few more minutes as well when uh, in that second unit with that Vooch is playing with. So um, plenty of reason to like him with the rebounds tonight in any way, in any capacity, whether you go for the points adding to that or, or the assists. Yeah, I mean, you might worry about the scoring with Vooch, but 14 and a half rebounds and assists is plus money. And like you said, averaging 12 boards, about five assists against the Celtics, too. And he had 23 rebounds when they played earlier this season. I mean, he just boards up at an incredible rate um, and 17 rebounds per game in his last three, no matter who he's faced. And the Celtics don't have much down low Um, right now. Their defense is actually really underachieving without Rob Williams. Yeah, 100%. And the, the three teams that they played, I mean, Charlotte and Brooklyn were definitely two of those uh, two teams right there already, right, without much defense down low, which is also what you're expecting from the Celtics without Rob Will, um, probably defensive player of the year last season. Just finish on that note. So that is all the time we have for you guys. And this one, no means I didn't mean to sh- uh, take shots at Marcus Smart's Defensive Player of the Year award last year. But uh, do make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. We will be back with you each and every weekday of this regular season. So until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>